What's up, my peoples? Okay, I'm in my car. I've taken out my earring. Moving my seat up. Hey, this is the Wild Edge of Being Human podcast. And I'm your human host, Allison Crow. And we are driving into Austin to go to the Texas Women in Business May luncheon, and it has been some weeks since I have been with y'all. So this is an update episode. Um, whew. So I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna give y'all some updates. I'm gonna tell you about some things I have in the pipeline for y'all. My energy is coming back. Many of you know, man, last year beat the shit out of me in the worst and best ways. And that's just part of the human experience. None of us, ex- none of us escape life events, and we experience them in all different kinds of ways. But we don't, we do not escape difficult times. <laughs> I don't care how much you can manifest perfection. Enjoy those seasons, mofos. Enjoy the seasons because I guarantee you, and this is not a curse, this is just part of the glory of being human is shit is going to come down that you cannot control. I heard a client say the other day, I just want clarity. And as I really listened with my body, what I felt and heard her saying was, I want certainty. Of course we want certainty. It's one of our core needs and it's also... It's, 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 you know, there, we there's some certainty we can create, but there is way more certainty that we can't create. So it is the middle of May, almost May 20th as I'm recording this. And I have recently completed Camp Cultivate. I thought it was going to be the last one. Uh, I, I honestly, I was anticipating going into May. So I closed down my coaching membership. I think it seemed like an abrupt decision in the way that I process things. Um, That's the decision I came to abruptly through exploring the parts of me that were struggling with my side of the membership and and struggling with life and, oh, y'all, paying attention to parts and really learning to listen to them, which is a skill. Like, we all know how to boss our parts around. We all know how to shove our parts to the side but really creating um, attunement, attachment, connection, and listening to the wisdom of our parts, even if our parts are behaving in unhelpful, I don't want to call it good or bad, but in unhelpful ways, our parts have some wisdom. And the last couple of months, you know, instead of sitting on a meditation pillow looking for clarity, I spent time pursuing friendship with my irritation. If you follow me online, you may have seen a picture here and there of me with my Oscar the Grouch stuffed animal that I got on Amazon. He's so cute. And if you know who Oscar the Grouch is from Sesame Street, by the way, I highly recommend you follow Sesame Street on the socials. Like, even as an adult, it just feels so good to hear what they're saying. Um... You know, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching Sesame Street, and I loved Oscar the Grouch. I never felt like Oscar the Grouch was a bad dude. He just was grouchy, but he had a big pink heart. I mean, that's what I make up in my mind. 
And I kind of married an Oscar the Grouch. You know, I married a, um, in a lot of ways, a man who, who grouches on the outside, but his inner shell is just good to the bone. And he has so much softness underneath that crunchy outer Oscar the Grouchness. Roy Kent is like that too, right? Roy Kent from the Apple series, Ted Lasso. And so I've really just paying attention to my irritation and giving myself permission to make what I don't want list. And I'm, I'm kind of deconstructing. You know, originally I heard the term deconstructing in religion. And I'm deconstructing systems of capitalism. I'm not, y'all, I'm not doing this like Mach 10 with my hair on fire. I'm just doing it from a space of noticing and inner curiosity. And it's actually really, it's, it's an enchanting experience. It's also, um, there's a lot of grief in it, but I'm able to hold in the parts. Um, so also deconstructing, you know, patriarchy, deconstructing all these systems and deconstructing coaching, <laughs> deconstructing, oh, there was some, there was a very specific direction I was going and I, I got a little, I got a little off and forgot. So that's what it is. It's all good. Um, updates. <clears throat> Oh, irritation, right? And so many of you know that I went to a Brendan Bouchard event with 2,000 people. It was fascinating learning experience um, in the sense, like I went for a day and a half because that's all my nervous system could handle. Like 2,000 people in a room, first of all, totally got COVID. And I did not participate in the, hey, give five people a hug. And like, I just, I didn't do that. And um I didn't sit right up in the front. You know, I gave myself like three quarters space back. I went with a friend and colleague of mine and, um, you know, I met a couple interesting people and I just was low key and I took care of my nervous system. But I do realize that those kinds of events are not neurodivergent friendly at all. They're not, if you are overstimulated easily. And my husband asked, last night we went out with some friends um, to an early show. Thank you to whoever starts the concert at 7.30 and ends it by 9. So you're home in bed by 10. This I can do. Um, and at one point he was, ta- he was tapping his fingers on me to the music as we were sitting in this jazz club. And it was so irritating. And I noticed, I know this is weird, just let me talk. Um, Like he would rub my arm or rub my back and that would feel nice. But if he started tapping with the tip of his fingers like drums, like I just got really irritated. And he was like, we used to do this all the time. And I was like, yeah, but I was fucking drunk, dude. And so it's, oh, this is, so about camp. And one of the reasons I decided to do it again, except for I'm not going to call, I mean, we're calling it camp now, but I'm going to change its name. I did my first ever live event completely unmasked. I had my own personal accessibility plan, uh, which, right, like, I, I was like, how can I do this in a, instead of, how can I do this event in a way that impresses my clients? That was always subconscious, not necessarily clients. But I did this, how can I do this event in a way that supports my nervous system, eliminates anything that's not simple and gives my gifts, the value of my gifts to my clients and 
Um, yeah, so I, I made an unexpected decision and um, we'll have a smaller event next year. I don't know all the details, but um, it was a fascinating experience doing this event, which I, I really need to do a whole episode. And I shared with my clients in the room some of the difficulties behind the scenes of doing an event. And you all know, listen, as a leader, man, one of my first experiences that kind of let me know the one of the lines that I would hold as a leader, which was sharing with y'all and my people behind the scenes, real stuff, not as a victim, but my God, nobody tells you what it's like. And I told someone the other day, I said, do an event of your own. And they were like, that stings. And I was like, I'm not criticizing you, but I'm just saying, and this goes for anything. I have another friend. This goes to, I have so many interesting people lined up to have conversations with y'all. And you know, I don't normally do, uh, I mean, ever, occasionally I do, you know, I interview people on the podcast, but I'm ready to have conversations again. My heart feels open. My body feels able and capable of sustaining conversation and connection. I do feel clarity and it's not because I have certainty in the outside world. A client asked me, one who is also a coach and a leader of community, she said, how on earth are you stopping all this revenue with nothing ahead of you? And I said, well, and I was very calm and grounded and I generally feel calm and grounded these days. And my answer was, honestly, I have put so much time and task on being with, and this is the skill, both skills I teach and then help my clients experience. So I come at it twofold, right? I, I teach it, but I also, especially in one-on-one relationship, the example is like if you've ever been in a yoga class, you know, someone's up there showing the pose, but then if you've ever had an instructor that comes over and asks for permission to kind of slightly adjust your body, same thing with like weightlifting if you've never done yoga, um, and they kind of adjust your form so that you can experience the you tweak them, you get the muscle memory just right. <sighs> yeah, so I have, I have spent the last three years being with and building relationships with these parts of me that normally would freak the fuck out. And listen, I still have these parts. And as I kind of tune into them, what I notice, and in this particular say, uh, in this particular scenario of me closing down both my coaching membership, which made me a whole lot of money every single month, every single month, and has for seven years, and then also my leadership circle. I do believe at some point I will open up another leadership circle, those really small groups, um, but not big community, and started from zero again to build a one-on-one practice with only 10 clients which that roster is almost halfway full and but I didn't know that when I made this decision I didn't know that my roster could fill so naturally easily I don't want to say without effort but so number one is I did time on task with the because I'm human the emotional parts of me that get in the way, the intellectual parts of me that get in the way, the, the, you know, you can call it blocks, you can call it resistance. I'm gonna call it parts. 
and those parts need a relationship with me and now that they have a relationship with me when I tune in it's cute there's like three there's three teenage girl parts right one that would get really anxious because of uncertainty one that was always worried about money and I can't remember the other one right now but when I tune into them they are sitting out on my back patio on my pool lounge chairs drinking mocktails and just giggling and they have beepers on because I haven't kicked them out of my life and yes beepers because the 80s um but they they have beepers on like you know they they don't want to completely retire but I'm like listen if I need to be anxious about something there's certain things that it's legitimate to be anxious about I got you right so number one I spent considerable amount of time with parts and I I the work that I teach y'all I spend time and energy and it's not perfect it's not you know I, I can't give you this perfection picture you know I'm I do shitty discipline the edges of my practices are messy but I stay in the essence and movement of practice of of you know some people call them habits or rituals they are nourishing practices and one of those is my parts care and so I can do it with my hands in a journal I do it with friends I do it with my therapist and I um, do it in my own internal thinking now you know, I told a, a, a new client yesterday, I said, we're going to start for the three, first three months. I want you to journal this stuff out. I want you to take the time to put pen on paper. And in about three months, I wouldn't be surprised if you're driving down the road and this way of thinking about, you know, the shift in your internal thinking. Instead of thoughts yelling at each other and all the mental wrestling we do and all the shame, internal shame, blame, and guilt... You'll start thinking in a way of leading these parts and connecting with them. But it takes a physical practice, right? We're building new synapses. We're building new mental muscle memory. We're, we're building new grooves against grooves that have been built for years. Okay, I know I spent a lot of time on that because that's the invisible thing that you can't see me do. But you want to know. I remember when I worked for Keller Williams, Gary Keller would always kind of say, if you want what I got, want, want what I have, um, do what I do, you know, be willing to do what I do. And I, I see this, my friend, Hank Avink, I want to have a conversation with him because the same thing. I, and I've coached tens of thousands of people, y'all. And I'm not trying to be a butthole or mean or shamey. Oh, but time on task and a focus on the practice instead of the results. And I see so many people really want the results and they get up to bat once and they give up. And, and yeah, so then the second thing is time on task. And I told the same client, I said, so I said, you have two of these three things. You have the extensive coaching skills. I know you're a powerful coach. You have the skills to coach anybody you want to coach at any price you want to coach, any topic you want to coach, any kind of client you want to coach. And you have the sales skills and enrollment skills and marketing skills y'all that stuff doesn't happen automatically this woman has 20 years of experience too and so I told her I said I have those skills I know how to I don't know I'm, I'm driving by a um, this new tiny house community super cute I wish they were doing that for homeless people and there was just a bulldozer if if I had a chance to experience that bulldozer <laughs> Now listen, I don't like to sell things I don't have an experience in. 
but I, I could sell that bulldozer. <laughs> I could find the people and figure out the way and make the, build the relationships and, you know, I can do, I got the strategy, babes. I got the strategy, babes. And I got the skills, babes. But there's another piece we need. We need strategy and skills and then we need these internal skills. And that's what I told her. And not in a mean, shamey way. I was like, if, listen, I know what you want is my groundedness. And I'm available to show you and to coach you and teach you and mentor you and both educate your mind and your thinking parts, but also build trust so that you can begin to practice something that feels really uncomfortable for a lot of my clients who are mostly all head led, right? Y'all are strategists too. Y'all, right? And I've had a lot of, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. I've had a lot of clients come to me and say, this work is hard. I know, honey. I know. And I'm here for you. It's not easy to pull back the layers and get to what is really the root. And listen, I'm not talking therapy, y'all. I'm talking, we have my clients... This is a whole nother episode I want to do for y'all. Kind of my unique niche in, in internal family systems. I've figured it out. And it's interesting because I listen to so many internal family systems podcasts. And there's so much information out there about therapists. And 99%, even more than that, 99.9% of the sample sessions and like realized sessions I listen to. And they're all therapy sessions. And the sessions I do with my business owner clients, very rarely do we get to inner child stuff. We are dealing with what we call managers in IFS. And um, managers are a certain kind of protector. So they're very specific, socially accepted coach coping skills, right? So let's say you went to therapy. I'm going to use something kind of general. Let's say you went to therapy because you struggled with alcohol, which I think is a great thing to do, right? Not only the programs, but work with a smart therapist and a skilled therapist, hopefully an IFS therapist, you know, and listen, you can do it with any of these things. You can do it with this business stuff too, but they're working with, with behaviors that we know are damaging that we know are not helpful. I don't want to call them good or bad. I said this before, but we know they're not helpful. And I am working with coping skills and behaviors that are absolutely socially acceptable, that are actually often the reasons my clients got successful in the first place. They are like applauded Yay you by, by all kinds of people. So yeah, this stuff is hard. It's advanced personal development. It's advanced professional development. And I am so grateful that there are so many areas of personal development that aren't this. And I am so glad to have like found my feet on the ground. So if you're struggling to find your quote niche, man, sometimes it takes 20 years and it's taken me 20 years. And listen, y'all, here's honestly the difference and why there's been a big pause. I needed, I didn't have a specific time. I didn't have a label for it. I love labels. That's another podcast I want to do for y'all about labels. 
um, and how some people don't like them. Some people, they feel restrictive and they feel pathologizing and some of us, they're liberating. My system loves labels. Um, they, they, information helps my nervous system relax. A label helps me and it's not a label somebody else gives it's a label I put on it helps my nervous system relax and when my nervous system relax relaxes I am more available to open my heart and be unarmored and make true connection otherwise I just stay in information land I was talking with my girlfriend last night who was my best friend in junior high and high school and my first year of college okay We've decided we're going to be an old folks home together and we're both going to have the grandma named Birdie. And I was talking with her last night about I am not an Enneagram 7. For years I've been labeled as an Enneagram 7. That was protector led. That was led by these managers, by my positivity bypass, by my need to be fun and interesting. And I told her, I don't know for sure because y'all, I am not an Enneagram expert, but I am pretty damn sure I'm a crunchy, I am a crunchy researching. Enneagram five motherfucking bitch and I love it I've got to I got to research on that but if anybody if any of you are a playful and fun um, Enneagram expert and want to have a discussion with me about my Enneagram type confusion I'm totally open to that um, I think it would be fun and I and the reason I say that listen there's so many nuggets in this episode I know I know, but it's an update. So I'm giving you like little outline points of things that are hopefully coming down the line. I'm also giving me a thing that I can put into um, my transcriber and get the headline points right. So I'll set up the content for my next episodes. Anyway, I needed I needed an energetic break. I needed I needed a reset. You know when your computer freezes and you need a hard reset? I needed a hard reset after this, like, last year where all my internal stuff got so thick and so intense that I had a heart attack. And y'all know my heart attack, um, I had a, uh, I had a, what's that thing called? A CAT scan, right? I had a heart and lung CAT scan done. Um, No blockages. No blockages, y'all. That was 100% stress tear stress and I handle stress well so I worry about I worry about us as a humanity and our ability Um, I think it was also I felt for me personally my heart attack um, in the three days I was in the hospital with absolute peace and quiet other than the man across the hall screaming and hitting nurses in the middle of the night I'd left all my electronics off I left the TV off I left my phone off and I just laid there in that bed for three days and heard the hum of the AC and I just chilled out and uh, I felt like it was spirit coming to give me a you know when they do the hearts on the the heart paddles they do a resuscitation right electric shock mine was not as violent as that and it's taken some time to integrate. So that was at the end of August, the last day of August, first three days of September. And it's taken until now to integrate, right? The the ends, like the events, and then there's the dog dying and the book publishing. And then there is six months of recovery. I just am grateful to be alive in this complex and strange time. 
It is, if you are in it right now, I am so sorry. And keep going one tiny little step at a time and be so fucking tender with yourself. Compassion, compassion, compassion. I saw a therapist say the other day, um, you know, not to coddle people. And I don't know what her version of coddle actually means. And, and I get that there's a, an edge of being so soft with somebody that doesn't serve. But I'll tell you what, my people are hard on themselves in a very hard world and sometimes we need someone to model softness be soft with yourself in a hard world if you are in it right now things get better be compassionate with yourself I know it sucks ass I know it sucks ass rest when you can and, and your relief, I don't know when, I can't tell you, I can't promise, I can't even give you any tools for relief. Because sometimes life just beats the shit out of us with circumstances that matter. And they matter because you're human and you allow yourself to feel them. And I want to celebrate you for that. I talked to a high school friend the other day briefly and this person said I'm sitting with my mother at her bedside during her final days and you know I haven't had to have that experience and I have a lot of clients who've had to do that recently and a lot of friends who've had to do that in the last 10 years And there's this, you know, I told her, I said, I don't know exactly what it's like for you, but that's the kind of chaos, because she had said my life is chaos right now. I said, and her house was a mess because of it, and yada, yada, yada. I said, here's the thing, that's the kind of chaos that is living in the wild edges. The bravery and courage it takes to sit at someone's bedside And I don't know what this person's relationship with their mom was like. And and for somebody else, it may be having a different kind of courage. But for this one person, it was like, that's, you know, this, that's the human experience and you're, you're in it. You're right there aware that you're in it. And that's what the Wild Edges is about. The Wild Edges, y'all, is not just about adventure, but it's about, I, I finally swiped a picture from the internet. I Google search container store acrylic boxes and I got a picture of like, you know, four acrylic boxes that are in the container store. And I call that the narrows. And listen, there are some times when containment is really useful. There, there is, okay? This is, this is the whole point of the wild edges is that it's nuanced. It's not black and white. And I sent her a picture of those four boxes and I said, honey, I know how sexy this is. We were actually talking about the edge my husband puts on the yard. I had posted a picture of it. And um, it's so funny because all my psychology friends are like, oh my gosh, there's so much psychology in a person who does this to their yard. And I said, that's why I married the man. Because I needed some containment in the best ways. Because I I grew up in chaos. But containment, you know, I love containment in my pantry. I love containment in my home. I love containment in boundaries. 
boundaries give me the ability to experience the raw edges and the discomfort of being human in the most glorious ways. And I want that for all of us. I want, I don't want it for all of us because all of us don't want it. I want it for those that want it. And it gives me hope. So I just wanted to give y'all a little update. Um, these are some of the things that have been going on. I've missed you. I've missed making content for you. Uh, this is one of the primary ways right now that I've closed my membership down. Listen, on social media, here's the other thing. My current mood about social media is like, I like I have part of what I've gone through too, y'all, is moving from, you know, I remember like maiden mother crone energy. This is just an archetype. But maiden, you know, being young maiden self, being being in the mother energy and mother years and moving into menopause and moving into the psychology, the growth. I don't know what we call it. I do remember that when I studied child development in uh, undergraduate, and I very specifically remember this at 20 years old at the time at Baylor University. I don't like to admit that I went to Baylor for a few years. I followed a boy there, that's a whole nother story. I'm more proud that I went to UT. Got a better education at Baylor. Okay, so, but I remember reading this psychology book, y'all. And in the psychology book, there were chapters and chapters and stuff on children and children and children and children and young adults and teenage years, teenage years and young adults and young adults. And it stopped at 25 and it did tell me, so funny, I can almost see it on the page. It did tell me that, you know, um, it, that abstract thought is not fully developed in a human brain until around 25, right? And so a lot of times, hey, parents, are you asking your kids to have an abstract thought and wondering why they don't? It's not there yet. And so it went to 25, young adulthood, and then it skipped to midlife crisis, <laughs> And that's all they had one paragraph on midlife crisis. And they talked about things like unexpected divorce affairs and buying cars. That's it. That's one manifestation of midlife inner psyche changes and biology changes. They just blew right over. And then they skipped again to being a senior, whatever that like. So, right. So here's a time when label is just a joke. And those of you living in any of these phases, this is why I'm laughing. It's like, oh, nice. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that. And I have many friends right now who are struggling with um, the, the way ADHD as a, oh, that's a whole nother topic that I really haven't gotten into. The way that ADHD presents and often very individually, but there are kind of some, you know, reoccurring, reoccurring themes and experiences in people who have a neurodiverse brain and ADHD is in an executive function dysfunction. It does not function the same or a different function. The way executive function works in an ADHD brain is different than it works in a, somebody with what they quote call a neurotypical brain. And all of our systems are generally built. So the education system you and I grew up in was probably built, all the, all the like rules of speaking and concise and social rules, all this stuff is built around, quote, neurotypical, not different. 
and we are different. And not different as better than, but just like there are different fingerprints. Anyways, menopause and the lowering of not just estrogen, but all the other hormones that start moving around in our bodies at certain ages for many, many years for most of us. I don't know. I've been in, I've been in perimenopause since 38, y'all. 36 to 38. Whew. Anyway, um, it, 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 ex, ex, what's the word? It magnifies. It makes those symptoms, those expressions more intense. It is fuckery. And it, it fucks with your mental health. Because many, I'm not saying everybody does this, but I did this. And I see many of my clients and peers going, is something wrong with me? Is something wrong with me? Is something wrong with me? Am I crazy? No, we ain't crazy. We're not crazy, but nobody, we don't, we don't have enough information and we don't have enough education and we don't have enough human beings being willing to talk about difficulties without pathologizing them. I'm going to say that again. Because you're human, you have difficult experiences. It doesn't mean there's something wrong. Pathologize to means make it bad, to make it a problem. And we need to learn how to experience difficulty without making it bad. And if we can begin to bring us an essence of neutrality and neutral energy or compassionate energy to struggles, then, then we can bring more of this stuff out in the open. So there's that. Anyways, I'm coming back, y'all. My, my amazing podcast sound producer, Elise, is always so patient with me because I try to be on a regular schedule, but especially in the last year, it's been hit or miss just because I had to, you know, I had some shit to manage with my family and myself and uh, my business and my life. And so I've just been gracious. I've been compassionate with myself about my podcast schedule, but it is important to me. And I'm excited to get back in a routine. Anyway, Elise is always like, hey, do you have an episode? And I'm like, I think I have one. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Well, this time I have episodes for her. But my girl fell the other day carrying her computer. And it exploded her computer. And so she is working on getting a new machine and healing her body from her fall. And... um she's in Costa Rica (laughs) and the machine that digital and audio and visual artists use is really, you know, these are really powerful and expensive machines. So she'll be back online soon. And until then, we're going to have some unaudio edited podcasts (laughs) until we can get her back up and running. And it, you know, life just happens. Life just happens y'all. Wherever you are in life, if you are feeling free and flow and fun and give no fucks, I send you love. And if you are feeling fucked up and faint of heart and afraid, I send you love and compassion. I'm looking forward to some episodes coming up. Make no promises, but there's going to be good stuff. Share with a friend. Let me know on social media that you're listening. Let me know an insight you get. Let me know something you're going to do with an insight. I love um, the little girls in my heart appreciate. They don't need it anymore, but they appreciate the recognition. Oh, that's the last thing I'll tell you because this is good. 
I realized this is why I need a little break. It wasn't necessarily a clear break, but I needed a, a reset because the first 30 years of my working life, well, wait, that was way more than 30 because I started my first job at 15, but 20 years of being self-employed and 10 years before that of being officially employed. But this self-employment thing, I built those first 20 years without knowing it protector-led with my excruciating need to be loved and validated and approved and popular. And those parts of me now trust me. They are relaxed for the most part, not perfectly. I don't want to use the word healed, but they are relaxed and they trust that adult-wise 2023 Allison and other self-led parts with my skills have got this. And so I feel like my career is just starting because the next 20 years of my business are not built on that. And that showed up first last fall when I took the strength finders test in working with a coach. And it was fascinating because I still have my 12-year-old strength finders or 10-year-old, however many years old, 2010, 11-year-old, 2010, 11 strength finders. And I can see in the results of that assessment, my parts-led leadership style and my self-led which means I'm not leading from my insecurity. I'm leading from calm, clear, connected, compassionate, courageous, confident, and creative self. So fascinating, an experiment. And I did a post today. I should do a podcast about this one too. I'm sick of being a leader. And I said that last week at camp, and one of my clients was like, I am so glad you said that. They're a leader, too. And I said, I am tired of being a leader. Now, of, of community. And one of the things we were taught is build a community. It's easier to create clients. And I learned that I, ne- I wanted to lead community because it felt good to the parts of me that wanted to be popular and loved. But now that I feel love for the inside out, I need peers and connection. I need horizontal peers and friendships more than I need vertical power and clients. My skills and ability to help people get results and now that I know who I can help and who wants my help but I'm not able to help them, the clients are there. There's, There's there's no need for me to create popularity or community and I I, listen I tried and I I have I left my last community that I was a client in and felt really grounded and I remember telling my coach at the time listen I gotta I hired you to help me learn how to do this if I, I don't have if I don't if I do your community then I don't have time for mine But I do not like to be siloed. I like to have a group of peers. I think it's really important. But y'all, the scales tipped. And I began to see where my energy and my joy was being depleted because I was following my shoulds 
and some self-imposed, hard-on-myself obligation to be a certain kind of leader. So for now, I don't, I don't know what the future will call, but for now, I'm not leading no damn community. I'm leading my own life. I'm leading my parts, and I am working with my one-on-one clients. And I'm stepping down from the, that kind of pulpit. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening.